is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. Thank you for tuning in today. Baseball is moving fast. All of a sudden, this offseason is really, really rolling. There is a fair amount of news to cover. At some point, I don't know if it'll be this Friday, maybe next week, I will do another one of those speed rounds where I just kind of grade some of the signings and trades that maybe I didn't get a chance to cover. I've listened to several shows on the Lockdown Network, and some like to cover all topics at once, and some like to just take one or two and cover those. That's kind of where I fall into. I, I think this show works better when I could take one or two topics and cover them in full instead of just trying to cover everything all at once. So at some point, I probably will talk about the Jamison tie-on to the Yankees deal and, and discuss some of the moves they made trading Adam Adovino. But the big news broke yesterday, and I do have to talk about this because it circles back to a dream I've had, and it's a dream that I knew wouldn't come true, and a dream that officially yesterday did not come true come true. JT Riamuto, catcher for the Philadelphia Phillies, re-signed with the Philadelphia Phillies, a five-year, $115.5 million deal. I'd honed in on Riamuto from the beginning. He was the, the prized possession, in my opinion, of this offseason. Should have been target numero uno for the Tigers. He obviously wasn't. He re-signs with the Phillies. Now, I'm probably going to repeat some of what I've already said, but I think it does need repeating because this is a bookend to kind of this this chapter on this podcast. I've discussed this guy at length many times, but I said, look, if somebody offers Remuto eight years, 200 million, let him take it. I, I think he's a wonderful player, but I knew that wouldn't happen. And this is a very fair deal. Five years, 115 and a half million. Will JT Remuto be the best catcher in baseball five years from now like he is today? No, absolutely not. He'll probably give them two or three more prime years. And then by then the Phillies may have somebody in their farm system or, or may just acquire another catcher that they can kind of ease into that starting role until Riamuto is uh, done with, with his contract. That's kind of the nature of things in baseball. And, and I want to just talk about why this is It's frustrating to me because it would have been very easy for me after the World Series to just point to every big free agent on the market and say, sign him. Ooh, George Springer, sign him. Bauer, sign him. Lindor, trade for him. But I didn't do that because Chris Illich has alluded to the fact that he wants this organization to be run more like a business. Now, I'll meet you halfway with that. Honestly, I really will. Because Mike Illich, God rest his soul, and Dave Dombrowski, as much as I love him, and there is a bit of irony here, Ria Muto now a part of uh, an organization that Dombrowski is the head of baseball operations for in Philadelphia. But as much as I love those guys, near the end, they kind of lost their effing minds. They handed out some contracts that were remarkably unreasonable, and it ended up kind of tying their hands behind their back. The Victor Martinez deal, the Miggy extension, the Jordan Zimmerman deal, which Dombrowski wasn't there for. That was an Avila signing, but but Illich was still very much a part of that. Mike Illich I'm talking about. So when I hear we want to run this like a business, what that means to me is we don't want to hand out gobs of money to every Tom, Dick, and Harry who crosses our front desk. I don't I don't have a problem with that. And the reason I honed in on Ria Muto is because it made the most sense organizationally. I love George Springer, and if the Tigers would have signed George Springer, I'd have said, hey, cool, Springer's here, awesome, but let's look at it objectively. The the Blue Jays handed George Springer a six-year, $150 million deal. Let's say the Tigers did that. Springer, like I said, has probably three, maybe four years left of prime real estate, of being at his best, assuming, of course, that he stays healthy, which for the most part he has throughout his major league career. It would not have made sense for the Tigers. Now, again, if they would have signed him, I'd have been happy. But organizationally, it would not have made a ton of sense to hand out a six-year deal to a guy who probably only has 
three or four prime years left when your own team is still two or three years away from even being close to competing. That didn't make a lot of sense. Same with Bauer, same with some of the other ones. Like Lindor, people wanted the Tigers to trade for Lindor. Why? Why trade you know your farm system away or some key pieces of your farm system for a guy that you might lock up for a year? Now, you could always extend him, but if that's the case, why not just wait a year and then sign him to a contract? Why trade pieces away to acquire a guy like that? It made sense for the Mets because they had the system to do it and they have the money to be able to re-sign him and they're, they plan on being competitive this year. The Tigers do not. The reason I wanted Riamuto, and I've said it many times, but again, this will be the last time I talk about this stuff, it made the most sense for the organization. You're building a, a farm system around young starting pitching, and hopefully that farm system will, will become a major league system with Mize and Manning, Scooball, all these pitchers, and it's, it's worth repeating. It's worth repeating a million times. You couldn't find a worse string of catchers if you tried over the last four years. You couldn't do it. Every metric, whether advanced metrics or just the basic numbers show that the catchers the Tigers have used over the last four seasons, really since they traded Alex Vila in 2017, have been baloney sandwiches. I'm not doing another year of Grayson Griner behind the plate, guys. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Give me something, and and I know there's a lot of prospects out there now. Jason Castro's gone. What's going to end up happening probably is they're going to end up re-signing Alex Avila, and people freak out about that. There's obviously the nepotism angle. I don't care about that. If Alex Avila was a backup catcher for a JT Riamuto, I'd say, hey, you know what? That's a good signing. Veteran guy, backup, been here before, played on good teams, played on experienced teams, been around the block forever. I'm okay with that, but as a starting option, Alex Avila? The guy who's had had his head, and I love Alex Avila, but the dude's had his head bashed in more than any other player in baseball. That's their best option right now. Like To me, you're just really, really hurting and potentially stunting the growth of some of these young pitchers by giving them catchers who do nothing right. If they don't hit, they don't hit, right? Like most catchers in baseball, honestly, most catchers in baseball are not great hitters. Most catchers are there for their defensive prowess. Okay, fine. The Tigers don't have anyone like that. The one that they look at is is Jake Rogers, but Jake Rogers, in the limited amount of time in which he saw Major League action in 2019, couldn't have hit a ball with a tennis racket. You, there comes a point where your offense is so bad that like you're unplayable. Like unless your name is Jeff Mathis, you need to at least give give the team something. You need to at least be able to draw a walk, at least be able to hit a home run. And I think that's what they've expected or hoped for out of Jake Rogers, but it's not what they've gotten. He got beat out last year by Eric Haas. He's going to be 27 this year, guys. So, yeah, I uh, I knew this wouldn't happen. I knew they wouldn't sign Riamuto, but that also bleeds into the, some of the comments that A.J. Hinch made yesterday. I don't know who he was with. I think it might have just been a Zoom conference with some local beat writers, but he talked about the fact that Avila had reached out to more players than had been publicized, and they'd had some dialogues, and these guys ended up signing elsewhere. Uh, I believe AJ when he says that. I believe that Avila told AJ Hinch that they'd had a dialogue with other players, and they decided to sign elsewhere. I also believe those dialogues were minimal. I also believe that at no point any of those players that they may have talked to ever had any intention of signing in Detroit. I think it was just kind of a gauging interest. That there's a, there's a big difference between gauging someone's interest and offering them a deal. Uh, and I could say with with confidence, not a single one of these big time free agents have had any deal offered to them by Detroit because I think Chris Illich might be too cheap to pay for a candy bar 
at this point. So I, I don't have any reason to believe that he's reached out to Riamuto or ever reached out to Bauer or ever reached out to Springer. And, and lastly, and, and I knew this segment would take a long time, and that's fine. I think, I think I'm kind of spitting facts here. I think I'm on a bit of a roll, but maybe I'm not. This was a big-time free agent destination from 07 to 2016. This was a place people wanted to play. It was a place that attracted big-time free agents. Obviously, one of the big reasons, Dombrowski and Illich at, at the top of that kind of Hydra monster. Even some of the lesser guys, like the Torrey Hunter deal. That was a great deal. Two years, he gave him two really good seasons, made the All-Star team in 2013. Didn't know how to draw a walk, but he, he, gave, them a, he gave those teams a whole lot. Won two division titles in his time in Detroit. That was a, a, a low-risk, high-reward signing. That, gave, that was a high reward for for sure. And I've stated before that I think that every player claims to have some integrity. Every player wants to be on a winning team until, you know, they see how much money a certain team is offering them. Then they, you know, pack their bags and go to play for a stinker. But I do think there is a limit to that. And right now, Detroit is not a good free agent destination. There's too much uncertainty here for a big time free agent to be attracted to Detroit as a potential free agent signing. And that's something they're going to have to fix. And if these pitchers come along and some of these young guys in the system develop, maybe I could see more free agents being like, all right, I could see myself signing here. And again, people always point to, well, what about Pudge Rodriguez? Pudge Rodriguez was a one in a million outlier. And that was also 17 years ago at this point. That was a different time in baseball, the exception and not the rule. The odds of a guy like Pudge Rodriguez coming off of a World Series and then signing with a 119-loss team, that will probably never happen again, and if it does, it won't happen for a long time. This is going to sound harsh, but I think that as a destination, Detroit, to many big-time free agents, has become a kind of a disaster area. I don't think that this is a place right now that many big free agents are comfortable signing with, and I don't blame them. There's no roadmap here. There's no plan. Like, you look at what the Blue Jays are doing. It's very clear over the last several years they've kind of had this thing mapped out. You know, they weren't good at all in 2019, and they said, all right, uh, we got all these guys in the system. They're going to be here next year. We got Biggio. We got Bichette. We got Guerrero Jr. We got Nate Pearson coming up. Let's make a move. Let's sign Hunjin Ryu. Good signing. Had a very good year for him, but didn't he finish third for the Cy Young? He was really solid for him a season ago, and he'll be good for them probably going forward as well. All right. We had a nice little bounce back year. We made the playoffs, and that expanded postseason. All right, now let's make another big move. Let's go get George Springer. And while we're at it, hey, let's bring in Kirby Yates as, as a bullpen signing. That's a plan. That's a deal. That's a roadmap. It's not let's spend four years sucking as much as possible and then splurge. We're waiting for that splurge right now. We're waiting for that moment in which the organization wakes up, in which one of the richest men in the world decides to spend money on a baseball team that he owns. That day hasn't come. And right now, I'm at a point now, because I I drank the Kool-Aid, and I feel like a fool. I really believe this offseason, things would change. I really believe that they would make a push for some of these guys. I didn't think they'd sign Riamuto, but I thought they'd make a push for him. I thought maybe they'd make a push for a Springer. I thought I would read a tweet by John Morosi or by Heyman or by Jeff Passan that said, hey, the Tigers are making a push at X big-time free agent. We haven't seen it. Robbie Grossman, that's their guy. That's their big free agent signing. That's their splurge. Robbie Grossman. I got to call this a segment before I get too mad. And you know, it's been, I've been fairly even keel lately, and maybe, I don't know, maybe people watching this or listening to this won't agree with that, but I've been, I've mellowed out a little bit, but just like, you know, they're not making a push for any of these guys, and it just feels like everything's just being wasted right now. They're just watching everyone else pass by, and then they complain when other, and when they sign with other teams. Do something. Make a push, please. 
All right, we'll be right back. There was some news that broke on Monday after I uploaded the podcast regarding a potential delay to spring training and the Players Association and the owners are fighting again. So we'll talk about that when we get back. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, 6 new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And we're back, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. I did have to say as well, by the time you're listening to this, the Hall of Fame ballots, or whoever made the Hall of Fame, will have been officially announced. I'm recording this at 4.41 p.m. on Tuesday, so I don't know who got voted in. My prediction is that no one is going to make it in this year. Kurt Schilling probably would have made it, but decided to act like an idiot, so my guess is no one made it. Maybe I'll be wrong. If I'm right, I'll make sure to point it out when I record the show on Friday. So here we go again. Some news broke on Monday that said that the Arizona Cactus League told the MLB that they want to delay the start of spring training because that area in Arizona has seen a spike in COVID infection rate, and weirdly, MLB responded and said, no, no, we're going we're gonna to start spring training on time. We're going to start spring training in February. Into that, I say, all right, good. I, I actually think, and knock on wood here a million times, we'll see how much things change. I think we're going to have a 162-game season this year. I'm not saying it'll go off without a hitch. Nothing during the, the, the time of COVID ever does, but I think they're hell-bent on, on having this thing play out the full 162. So I, I did want to discuss that. Not news that you can necessarily cover extensively, but definitely news worth talking about, even if it was just for a short period of time. The other thing that broke was that MLB Players Union and the owners are back at it again, trying to set up what the parameters are for how they're going to go about playing this season and what the what the rules are going to be. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been rumored, a lot of some stuff that's been approved. I do believe we're going to have the extra innings rule in effect starting a runner on second base. I believe that's going to continue. But basically, the owners came to the players with the proposal of expanded postseason and the DH in both leagues and the Players Association 
turned it down. I, I don't blame them. Here's my guess. Here's what I bet is going to end up happening. Because the owners want expanded playoffs, the players don't. I completely understand that. I think both sides are in agreement on the Universal DH, but it seems at this point like you kind of can't have one without the other for reasons that are completely beyond me. Here's what my guess is. My guess is this season, outside of the extra innings rule and stuff like that, my guess is we're going to go back to how baseball was played 2019, which is the 10-team postseason format. Both sides are monumentally stubborn, but I think with the amount of bad press that last year's labor negotiations got, because the all both those sides were skewered, especially by yours truly, I don't think they want to go through another big you know labor battle again. So I do think they'll settle on something at some point. I do think that the big source of contention is going to be that expanded postseason. The players do not want that. I'm sure they agreed to it and were fine with it last year, knowing that it was a 60-game season and to make this thing seem more legitimate, they expanded the postseason. It's a dumb idea. It's a monumental, monumentally stupid, stupid idea. I am, with that said, at some point it will happen. I think at some point with Manfred in charge, we are going to see a 16-team postseason and it's going to become a complete farce. But my prediction is we won't see it this year. I do need to say, what I talked about in segment one, that stuff, that's interesting to me. What the Tigers are doing or not doing or are failing to do, that's interesting. JT Riamuto, that guy's a good ball player. I like talking about that. I like talking about the baseball part of baseball. This stuff, the labor negotiations, letters being written to Major League Baseball talking about how they should delay the start of spring training, uh, that stuff puts me to sleep. It's, stump- it's stuff that I do feel a need to talk about because it is pertinent information. It is important. It is stuff that could potentially change the landscape of the game. Bores me to death, and that's why I haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about it. And that's why that will put an end to today's show. But I do think it was a productive show nonetheless, even though it did feature a very, very short second segment. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. Uh, maybe I'll come back at some point. I don't know. I did yesterday. I do remember thinking like, man, I kind of I kind of have the urge. Maybe, maybe I'll come back and do something. But I think that probably won't happen until if it were to happen, maybe March or something like that. I don't see myself coming back to Twitter anytime in the near, near future, but we'll see. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tigers while you're at it. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written, positive, five-star review of this program. That would be much, much appreciated. We'll be right back here on Friday talking about probably the Hall of Fame announcements a little bit and covering some of the news that I wasn't able to cover, Jamison Tyon and the, the Adam Adovino trade. Might do a little speed round depending on who else signs over the next several days. Things are all of a sudden moving fairly fast and Thank God, because things were pretty darn boring and slow there for a second. We'll be right back here on Friday. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers. Hey, everyone. I know news is traveling fast right now, and unfortunately, sometimes these shows end up becoming a little bit dated, even even right when they're uploaded, but I just wanted to throw in a little nugget here. It looks like the Tigers are... Closing in on a deal with Wilson Ramos, a former catcher for the New York Mets, also spent a lot of time with the Washington Nationals and I believe a season with the Tampa Bay Rays as well. This will all be discussed in full on Friday's show. I just wanted to throw this, uh, like I said, this little nugget out there to let people know that I am aware of this and it will be discussed on Friday's show. Uh, We will talk about that uh, a couple days from now and I will see you then. All right, see you later.